Cantos fifty nine and sixty of Book Six of the Ramayana of Balmiki, translated by Ralph T. H. Griffith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Om One Two Three. Canto fifty nine, Ravan Sally. They told him that the chief was killed, and Ravan's breast with rage was filled. Then, fiercely moved by wrath and pride, thus to his lords the tyrant cried, No longer, nobles, may we show this lofty scorn for such a foe, by whom our bravest, with his train, of steeds and elephants is slain. Myself this day will take the field, and Ragu's sons their lives shall yield. High on the royal car that glowed, With glory from his face he rode. The tambour shell and drum pealed out, And joyful was each giant's shout. A mighty host, with eyeballs red, Like flames of kindled fire he led. He passed the city gate and veered, Arrayed the banner multitude. Those wielding massy rocks, and these, Armed the stems of uptorn trees, and Rama, with his eyes aglow, with warlike ardor, viewed the foe, and thus the brave vision best of weapon wielding chiefs addressed. What captain leads this bright array, where lances gleam and banners play, and thousands armed with spear and sword, await the bidding of their lord. Seest thou? The vision answered, One, whose face is as the morning sun, Preeminent for hugest frame. A compan is the giant's name. Behold that chieftain, chariot born, Whom Brahma's chosen gifts adorn. He wails a bow like Indra's own, A lion on his flag is shown. His eyes with baleful fire are lit, It is Ravan's son, it is Indrajit. There, brandishing in mighty hands, His huge bow, Atikaya, stands. And that proud warrior, over whose head, A moon-bright canopy is spread, Whose might in many a battle tried, Has named imperial Indra's pride. Who wears a crown of burnished gold, Is Lanka's lord, the lofty souled. He ceased, and Rama knew his foe, and laid an arrow on his bow. Woe to wretch, he cried, whom fate abandons to my deadly hate. He spoke, and found by Lakshman's side, the giant to the fray defied. The lord of Lanka bade his train, of warriors by the gates remain, to guard the city from surprise, by Rama's forest-born allies. Then, as some monster of the sea, Cleave swift advancing billows, he, Charged with impetuous onset, true, The foe, and cleft the host in two. Sugriva ran, the king to meet, A hill uprooted from its seat. He hurled, with trees that graced the height, Against the rover of the night. But cleft with shafts that checked its way, Harmless upon the art it lay. Then fiercer Ravan's fury grew, 
an arrow from his side he drew swift as a thunderbolt aglow with fire and launched it at the foe through flesh and bone a way it found and stretched the griever on the ground so shame and nala saw him fall gavaksha gavaya heard their call and poising hills in act to fling they charged amain the giant king they charged they hauled the hills in vain he checked them with his airy rein and every brave assailant felt the piercing wounds his missiles dealt then smitten by the shafts that came keen fleet and thick with certain aim they fled to rama sure defence against the oppressor's violence then reverent palm to palm applied thus lakshman to his brother cried to me my lord the task and trust to lay this giant in the dust go then said rama bravely fight beat down this rover of the night but he unmatched in bold emprise fears not the lord of art and skies keep on thy good with keenest eye thy moments of attack espy let hand and eye in due accord protect thee with the bow and sword then lakshman round his brother trio his mighty arms in honour dear bent lowly down his reverent head and onward to the battle sped hanuman from afar beheld how raven shafts the banners quelled to meet the giant's car he ran raised his right arm and thus began if brahma's boon thy life has creamed from yaksha god gandharva fiend with these contending fear no ill but tremble at a banner's tail with fury flashing from his eye the lord of lanka made reply strike banner strike the fray begin and hope eternal fame to win this arm shall prove thee in the strife and end thy glory and thy life remember cried the wingard's son remember all that i have done my prowess king thou knowest well shown in the fight when aksha fell with heavy hand the giant smote hanuman on the chest and throat who reeled and staggered to and fro stunned for a moment by the blow till mustering strength his hand he reared and struck the foe whom indra feared his huge limbs bent beneath the shock as mountains in an earthquake rock and from the guards and sages pealed shouts of loud triumph as he reeled but strength returning nerved his frame his eyeballs flashed with fiercer flame no living creature might resist that blow of his tremendous fist which fell upon hanuman's flank and to the ground the banner sank no sign of life his body showed and robin in his chariot rode at nila and his airy rein fell on the captain and his train fierce nila stayed his banner band and heaving with his single hand a mountain peak with vigorous swing hurled a huge missile at the king hanuman life and strength regained born for the fight and thus complained 
Why, coward giant, didst thou flee, And leave the doubtful fight with me? Seven mighty arrows, keen and fleet, The giant launched, the hill to meet, And all its force and fury stayed, The harmless mass on earth was laid. And raised, the banner chief beheld, The mountain peak by force repelled, And rained upon the foe a shower, of trees uptorn with bronze and flower. Still his keen shafts, which pierced and rent, each flying tree the giant sent. Still was the banner doomed to feel the tempest of the winged steel. Then, smarting from that arrowy storm, the banner chief condensed his form, and lightly leaping from the ground, on Raven's standard footing found. Then springing unimpeded down, stood on his bow and golden crown. The banner's nimble lips amazed, Akshaku's son, who stood and gazed. The giant, raising in his heart, laid on his bow a fiery dart. The banner, on his flagstaff, eyed, and thus in tones of fury cried, While skilled in magic law art thou, but will thine art avail thee now? See if thy magic will defend thy life against the dart I send. Thus Ravan spake, the giant king, and loosed the arrow from the string. It pierced with direst fury sped, the banner with its flaming head. His father's might, his power innate, preserved him from the threatened fate. Upon his knees he fell, disdained. With streams of blood, but life remained. Steel Raven for the battle burned, At Lakshman next his car he turned, And chose the main with furious show, Straining in mighty hands his bow. Come, Lakshman cried, assay the fight, Leave foes unworthy of thy might. Thus Lakshman spoke, and Lanka's lord Heard the dread thunder of the court, and mad with burning rage and pride, In hasty words like these replied, Joy, joy is mine, O Rago's son, Thy fate to-day thou canst not shun. Slain by mine arrows, thou shalt tread The gloomy pathway of the dead. Thus as he spoke, his bow he drew, And seven keen shafts at Lakshman flew. But Rago's son, with surest aim, Cleft every arrow as it came. Thus with fleet shafts each warrior shot, Against his foe and rested not. Then one choice weapon from his tore, By Brahma's self bestowed of yore, Fierce as the flames that end the world, The giant king at Lakshman hurled. The hero fell, and racked with pain, Scarce could his hand his bow retain. But sense and strength resumed their seat, And, lightly springing to his feet, He struck with one tremendous stroke, And Ravan's bow in splinters broke. From Luxman's cord three arrows flew, And pierced the giant monarch through. Sore wounded, Ravan closed, and round, Akshaku's son his strong arms wound. With strength unrivalled, Brahma's gift, he strove from out his foe to lift. Shall I, he cried, who overthrow 
Mount Meru and the Lord of Snow, and heaven and all who dwelt therein, befoiled by one of Rama's kin. But though he heaved and toiled and strained, unmoved, Ikshaku's son remained. His frame by those huge arms compressed, the giant's God-given force confessed, but conscious that himself was part of Vishnu, he was firm in heart. The Wingard's son the fight beheld, and rushed at Ravan, rays impelled. Down crashed his mighty hand, the foe, full in the chest, received the blow. His eyes grew dim, his knees gave way, and senseless on the art he lay. The Wingard's son to Rama bore, deep wounded Lakshman stained with gore. He whom no fight might lift or bend, was light as air to such a friend. The dart that Lakshman's side had cleft, untouched, the hero's body left, and flashing through the air afar, resumed its place in Ravan's car. And waxing well, though wounded sore, he felt the deadly pain no more. And Ravan, though with deep wounds pained, slowly his sense and strength regained. And furious still and undismayed, on bow and shaft his hand he laid. Then Hanuman to Rama cried, Ascend my back, great chief, and ride, Like Vishnu born on Garu's wing, To battle with the giant king. So, burning for the dire attack, Rode Rama on the banner's back, And with fierce accents loud and slow, Thus gave defiance to the foe, While his strained bowstring made a sound, Like thunder when it shakes the ground. Stay, monarch of the giants, stay, the penalty of sin to pay. Stay, whether wilt thou fly, and how, escape the death that waits thee now? No word the giant king returned, his eyes with flames of fury burned. His arm was stretched, his bow was bent, and swift his fiery shafts were sent. Red torrents from the banner flowed. Then Rama, near to Ravan, strode, and with keen darts that never failed, the chariot of the king assailed. With surest aim his arrows flew, the driver and the steeds he slew, and shattered with the pointed steel, car, flag and pole and yoke and wheel, as Indra hurls his bolt to smite, Mount Meru's have an ascending height, so Rama, with a flaming dart, struck Lanka's raven near the heart, who reeled and fell beneath the blow, and from loose fingers dropped his bow. Bright as the sun, which crescent head, from Rama's bow an arrow sped, and from his forehead, proud no more, cleft the bright coronet he wore. Then Rama stood by Ravan's side, and to the conquered giant cried, Well hast thou fought, Thine arm has slain, strong heroes of the Barna train. I will not strike or slay thee now, for weary fain to fight art thou. To Lanka's town thy footsteps bend, and there the night securely spend. Tomorrow come with car and bow, and then my prowess shalt thou know. He ceased, the king in humbled pride, 
rose from the art and not replied with wounded limbs and shattered crown he sought again his royal town canto sixty convocarne roused with humbled heart and broken pride through lanka's gate the giant hide crushed like an elephant beneath a lion's spring and murderous teeth all like a serpent neat the wing and talons of the feathered king such was the giant's wild alarm at arrows shot by rama's arm shafts with red lightning round them curled like brahma's bolts that end the world supported on his golden throne with failing eye and humble tone giants he cried the toil is vain fruitless the penance and the pain if i whom indra owed his peer secure from god's immortal fear my soul remembers now too late lord brahma's words who spoke my fate tremble proud giant does they rend and dread thy death from slighted man secure from gods and demons live and serpents by the boon i give against their power the life is charmed but against man is still unarmed this rama is the man foretold by honorinia's lips of old fear robin basest of the base for of mine own imperial race a prince in aftertime shall spring and thee and thine to ruin bring and bid betty ere she died slain by my ruthless insult cried a scion of my royal line shall slay vile wretch both thee and thine she in a later birth became king janak's child now rama's dame nandiswara foretold this fate and uma when i moved her hate and rampa and the lovely child of baron by my touch defiled i know the fated hour is nigh hence captains to your stations fly let warders on the rampart stand place at each gate a watchful band and terror of immortal eyes let mightiest kumbakarn rise he slumbering free from care and pain by brahma's cause for months has lain but when prahasta's death he hears mine own defeat and doubts and fears the chief will rise to smite the foe and his unrivalled valor show then ragu's royal sons and all the banners knit his might will fall the giant lords his haste abate they left him trembling and afraid and from the royal palace strode to kumbakarn's vast abode they carried garlands sweet and fresh and reeking loads of blood and flesh they reached the dwelling where he lay a cave that reached a league each way sweet with fair blooms of lovely scent and bright with golden ornament his breathings came so fierce and fast scarce could the giants break the blast they found him on a golden bed with his huge limbs at length outspread they piled their heaps of vanishing near fat buffaloes and boars and deer 
with wreaths of flowers they fanned his face, and incense sweetened all the place. Each raised his mighty voice as loud as thunders of an angry cloud, and cons their steering summons gave that echoed through the giant's cave. Then on his breast they rained their blows, and high the wild commotion rose, when cymbal vied with drum and horn, and war cries on the gale upborne. Through all the air loud discord spread, and, struck with fear, the birds fell dead. But still he slept, and took his rest, then dashed they on his shaggy chest. Clubs, maces, fragments of the rock, he moved not once, nor felt the shock. The giants made one effort more, with shell and drum and shout and roar. Club, mallet, mace, in fury plied, rained blows upon his breast and side. And elephants were ours to aid, and camels groaned and horses neighed. They drenched him with a hundred pails. They tore his ears with teeth and nails. They bound together many a maze, and beat him on the head and face. And elephants with ponderous tread stamped on his limbs and chest and head. The unusual weight his slumber broke. He started, shook his sides, and woke. And heedless of the wounds and blows, yawning with thirst and hunger, rose. His jaws like hell gaped fierce and wide, dire as the flame neat ocean's tide. Red as the sun on Meru's crest, the giant's face his wrath expressed, and every burning breath he drew was like the blast that rushes through. The mountain cedars up he raised, his awful head with eyes that blazed like comets, dire as death in form who treads the worlds with fire and storm. The giants pointed to their stores of buffaloes and deer and boars, and straight he gorged him with a flood of wine with marrow, flesh and blood. He ceased, the giants ventured near, and bent their lowly heads in fear. Then Kumbagan, a glared with eyes, still heavy in their first surprise, Still drowsy from his troubled rest, and thus the giant ban addressed. How have you dared my sleep to break? No trifling cause should bid me wake. Say, is all well? Or tell the need that drives you at unruly speed. To wake me, mark the words I say, the king shall tremble in dismay. The fire be quenched, and Indra slain. Ere ye shall break my rest in vain. Your Baksha answered, Chieftain, hear, No god of fiend excites our fear, But man in arms our walls assail, We tremble lest their might prevail, For vengeful Rama vows to slay The foe who stole his queen away, And matchless for his warlike deeds, A host of mighty banners leads. And now a monstrous banner came, laid Lanka waste with ruthless flame. An Akshar, Ravan's offspring, slew, with all his warrior retinue. Our king, who never trembled yet, for heavenly hosts in battle met, at length the general dread has shed, 
overthrown by Rama's arm and spared. He ceased, and Kumbhakarn spake, I will go forth and vengeance take, will tread the hosts beneath my feet, then triumph flashed, our king will meet, our giant bands shall eat their fill of banners whom this arm shall kill. The prince's blood shall be my draught, the chieftains shall by you be coughed. He spake, and with an eager stride that shook the art to Ravan hide. End of Cantos 59 and 60